0: Hello, I'm Hannah Avalos, co-producer of this podcast, and welcome to Inside the Benton, a podcast of the Benton Museum of Art at Pomona College. This episode is part two of a three-part series on the pandemic in the museum. This episode will focus on the museum, its community, and the role it now serves in the context of COVID-19. We will also discuss the ways in which the museum is thinking of meeting the challenges presented by the coronavirus pandemic and its associated health and safety requirements. We will hear from four of the Benton's interns, who are also students at Pomona College. Their stories and insights will help show what it is like to be both a student and a working part of the museum team at this time. We will also hear from museum staff members Justine bay Baez and Victoria Sancho-Lobos, who will tell how the museum is adapting to new ways of fostering meaningful experiences with art in the present circumstance. We will begin by hearing from our interns, Callie Tendall-Griffins, Noor Tamari, Meiji, and Sam Chan. We will hear about what they have to say about a number of topics, including the transition to online learning, what being a student means now, and how the role of the museum has changed in light of the pandemic and a renewed urgency related to social justice in the U.S. Let's begin with our interns' reflections on the beginning of this journey, the weeks leading up to spring break and the rest of the spring semester of 2020. I remember
1: going back for spring semester and I was so ready So like I had just been hired by the Benton in January and I was really excited about starting my new job and then just easing back into school. I think fall semester was kind of rocky, kind of crazy. I think a lot of sophomores relate to that, but I was really excited about the spring and it was really good for a couple months. And then March hit and we were seeing all the headlines like coronavirus in China, coronavirus in Italy People were getting really worried. I remember I I was pretty sick. So I went to student health and they were asking me like if I had been, if I had traveled to China in like the last couple of weeks, like they started asking questions like that. And I thought, oh, this is weird, kind of strange. But I was glad that they were taking precautions, I guess. But I was still kind of confused about what was happening. And I remember the last week, right when they made the announcement that we were going to leave campus, everything just was crazy. Like every single night people were going out it was like a week long party. It never stopped. <laughs> People were having a great time. It was, it was really great. People were getting closer. But I think also it was, there was like a little bit of sadness because we were all gonna be leaving and we didn't really know. But at that time, I think we were all still optimistic that, yeah, this was like temporary, a couple months. We're just gonna lay low, be in our home, see our family. It wasn't a super big deal. We hadn't even thought about online classes that much. And then watching it escalate was really scary because not just the danger I felt, I feel like I am like a little bit health compromised and I was afraid of getting COVID and spreading it to like my elderly family members. So I've been really careful. I think it's really put um, like a spotlight on how we view kind of the personal and like the public spheres of our lives as Americans. I think a lot of people are really self-absorbed. I think narcissistic would be a really strong word to use, but they we have this like individualism where we prioritize ourselves first and then we think about other people and as like a college community I think we're lucky in the sense of I feel like at Pomona we have a strong sense of community and people do stick together and they do care about each other and so but I guess like for me personally like I felt very lucky I was able to spend some a couple months with my friends like right when we left campus and that was really nice. Like, just I would never have expected to be do, doing that. If someone had asked me like in August, would you be living with some of your friends at the start of the corona outbreak? I'd be like, what is corona? And <laughs> why are we not on campus right now? But I, I definitely learned a lot. I feel like for a lot of people, this whole period of coronavirus has been about a little bit like self-evaluation and like how you see yourself in your community and how you see yourself, what you want to develop in yourself, what kind of skills you feel like you want to master. I think if you have the opportunity and the stability. I think a lot of people have been doing that, whereas some people it's just like a battle to survive. It's literally been a battle to survive. As an art student and an EA student, I think for EA, it's not too difficult to transition to online classes and I really didn't have any issues with that but for art it's pretty disappointing because like you look forward to going to class seeing the stuff that your peers and your friends have made like seeing it in person is so much more fulfilling than seeing it on a screen and I know like a lot of stuff like even the Benton like we're considering transitioning to some online resources I think those are necessary but when you're like in the classroom passing the stuff like the pieces the art around it's a totally different experience and then On top of that, I know depending on like what kind of medium students use, like a lot of students struggled with having access to resources. If you are, if you're screen printing, like I love screen printing. That's, I haven't screen printed since March. Like there's no way I could even have access to a resource like that right now. It's just completely out of the question. But I've had to adapt, like I've made stencils, I've been like spray painting and doing stuff like that. So trying new mediums that like I probably wouldn't even have thought of before. But it's still frustrating like you think like you're progressing I you know at the start of corona like I was a sophomore and I'm going into my junior year and I was just kind of getting into the idea of what art could be for my practice and so it's been really frustrating that suddenly whoa like that was all taken away and now I've had to adapt and I think that's why I've been considering taking a leave so that I can have more time at Pomona and access the resources.
2: Um, My name is Noor Tamari and I'm class of 2022. You know, hopefully. Uh, I use she, her, hers, and I'm a art history and psychology double major, and my position at the Benton is curatorial intern. It's definitely been an interesting semester. It's been extremely stressful, to say the least, and at the same time, it's taught me to be more flexible and open to change and adjustments. Leading up to spring break, I honestly didn't think that Pomona would send us home or like the Claremont colleges would send us home. I thought just because of the number of international students that they would keep us on on campus maybe or they would just like make classes online. So I was pretty surprised to hear that they were going to send us home. So I live in Jordan and as soon as the pandemic happened and as soon as like there were cases in Jordan, the airport closed. So I wasn't able to make it back home. But I mean, I'm fine now. I mentioned I've I'm living with my sister in New York which I'm really grateful for that but honestly online school or like remote school was was a big challenge for me only 2 out of my 4 classes went remote one of them was pre-recorded lectures and the other one just you know basically got cancelled And despite that, I still found it pretty hard to stay focused. It was really hard for me to put in that much like mental effort into a course when like everything around me, especially New York being the epicenter at that time, it was just extremely stressful. Um, So it was a lot of adjustments. Yeah, so
3: I was actually really lucky because a friend of mine on the Frisbee team offered to let me stay in her off campus house. So I actually got to stay in Claremont, which was honestly really helpful for just being in school and like still being in the same area. Doing school remotely has definitely been, a was definitely a challenge for me just because I tend to get really antsy when I'm just sitting down all day. Like I'm sure a lot of students get like that just because we're not used to it. Yeah, doing it over Zoom was really rough just because it's so hard to stay focused and then you're kind of like clicking things and like looking at other people's faces for like half the time and yeah it was was hard especially as a studio art major it's like I'm just really used to working hands-on with materials and you know being around people doing things yeah something that I really missed was just being in a class with other people like creating things because just being around people while making art is so helpful honestly it's like the, you know, it's like this kind of energetic atmosphere where everyone's kind of like bouncing ideas off. And even if you're not talking, just being around people who are also doing the same thing you're doing just motivates you and helps a lot.
4: It was definitely a week to remember. Um, I originally had plans to stay in Claremont because my best friend was coming to visit from New York. But then obviously I had to leave and pack everything because of COVID. It was definitely emotional to say goodbye to my friends in a whirlwind and just seeing car after car leave with trunks filled with suitcases was pretty sad. But yeah, this is pretty much a condensed version of that infamous week that I'm sure a lot of us will remember. For doing school remotely, like I said before, it wasn't that ideal. Um, I flew back to Hong Kong, which is my hometown, and I was definitely privileged enough to have internet and a private working space. But The time difference part was pretty rough, and I had classes, uh, Zoom classes, at 1 a.m. and 4 a.m., just a bunch of weird times. And it was also definitely weird just staring at a bunch of screens with little heads. And I remember, you know, dreading my 9.35 a.m. walk to French class usually when we were still, you know, all in person. But I definitely caught myself... um, on Zoom at times just thinking, you know, I just wish I could walk through Marston
0: Quad again at 9.30 a.m. rushing to French. The pandemic has obviously changed how we do things, but it has also changed how we understand the things we are doing. mei describes how working remotely has affected the way that she sees her own work at the museum.
3: In the past, I also did pretty not necessarily remote work for the museum, but I was just doing research. So it was pretty like individually based. Yeah, definitely working remotely in this way has made me think about what kind of like why, why museums are still showing art basically. And it's like, I think that working remotely at the museum has helped me see that art remains a really important factor for the community. And just like, not even just as like entertainment or you know something to do on the weekend something cool to see but something that is really important in not only supporting artists but also just spreading messages spreading narratives and stories that in a way that is more uh, accessible for people just because it's like a visual so
0: the Benton's interns candidly shared their thoughts hopes and expectations for the future with regards to what museums can offer their communities
1: I think there's like a really cool, like compelling, promising future for digital museum work. And it's not as, I got to be honest, like I don't find it as enriching or like compelling. There is something about being in a museum, being in that space, the quiet, just standing in front of a massive piece in awe. You can see the texture of something and maybe you can engage with it. Maybe it's a video installation. It's obviously different taking it all online, but I do think that it gives a lot more people access to it, and that, at the end of the day, is more important. I don't think art is about, it's not about, like, gatekeeping. Art should not, art is a means to, like, convey societal issues or convey artists' like personal opinions about what's happening in the world right now. I don't know. I think there's something really promising about digital museum media in the future. And I hope that it can inspire people to engage with art more.
2: I think both the like COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the Black Lives Matter protests have really helped me see what a museum's role is and what a museum's role should be and how museums can better a community and do more for their communities. So I've really done a lot of reflecting and I guess recontextualizing the role of a museum. At first, it's important to note, I think that museums are not only a place to exhibit art, but it's a it's a living building and it interacts with its surrounding environments. So I guess for the Benton, something we spoke about a lot during my like RAISE internship was who our audiences, And since we're a museum that's, you know, on Pomona's campus we largely attract a student audience and for us it would make sense therefore to have events that cater towards our surrounding community which is students but more generally i think i've been thinking a lot about the role of the museum as a place that needs to do more for our communities this isn't only in terms of increasing diversity of staff or exhibiting more diverse artists but it's also in terms of, I think, making the museum a space for people of color to use, to organize. Because so many times the artists, I think, the artists that we, you know, glorify and we exhibit in our, in our museums, they're often artists who were considered to be like too radical at their time. Or a lot of the time, these artists were creating protest art. So it's not enough to exhibit these artists who were doing protest art at the time, but we should also strive to make the museum a a place for artists and activists to meet, uh, to share their ideas and to organize. So I think just in terms of the pandemic as well as the Black Lives Matter protests, museums really need to do more to acknowledge where their building is within its surrounding community and how they can do more for it the direct community.
4: I believe it is a museum's role to serve the general public and serve as a home for artists, especially for communities who have been excluded from museum spaces in the past. So with that being said, the temporary closure of museums because of COVID has definitely pushed me to reflect about the museum site right? Because what happens when the physical site of the museum becomes unavailable? That brings on a domino effect to our expectations about of how a museum functions, like, you know, our naturalized habits of walking through galleries and seeing tangible objects, interacting with the surrounding architecture, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the solution right now is most commonly online programming and using virtual sites as a replacement for that physical site. For example, the Whitney Museum is hosting a public free-for-all speaker series. And for us, we have a pretty solid remote summer internship program at Benton. So in a way, this has definitely increased accessibility and dismantled some racist and classist barriers of entry. And I think it also provided museums with a much-needed push to explore new ways to operate and serve the community outside of their traditional framework, like providing online art classes and gallery tours. But then virtual solutions can only fulfill a museum's purpose to a certain extent, and I think... That is where the reality check comes in. You know, museums earn income from admission fees and their gift shops, and they rely obviously heavily on donors. So, you know, what happens when money isn't flowing as well and exhibitions get postponed or canceled? How do museums maintain their priority and role in terms of just sharing art and supporting artists? And, you know, most recently with the surge of national attention on the black lives matter movement and systemic racism how can museums unpack and communicate these social issues critically through art and their social media outlets you know obviously i don't have answers to these complex questions but i think COVID definitely exposed some of the major intersectional weaknesses of museums you know whether that's it's heavy dependence on the capitalist system or these rigid binaries between physical and virtual spaces, these gaps are definitely, I think, important to reflect on. And I see potential to radically reimagine how museums operate in the future.
0: With care, compassion, and empathy, Justine bay bias is gearing up for a new frontier in meeting the needs of the Benton Museum of Art's constituents.
5: Hi, my name's Justine bay bias and I go by she, her, hers, and I'm the communication and engagement manager at the Benton Museum of Art at Pomona College, formerly known as Pomona College Museum of Art. So whether we're trying to engage our communities in person or virtually, our different communities have different needs and interests. So we have to consider that when thinking of ways to engage through our virtual offerings the same way we would when we were offering in-person events and different types of programs. But in addition to that, this enlarges our community, expanding geographically. And, you know, of course, there's the challenges of time differences, because we have students and arts enthusiasts and artists and different interested audience members who are on the East Coast or who are in another country, in Shanghai or in Seoul or Istanbul. Um, So you know, before we thought about the announcement that we were going to go full virtual in the fall, we sent out a survey to students, for example. So that is one community that we're thinking about. And of course, when we think of our student population, we think about residential life and um, what it's like to be a student on campus at Pomona, as well as the other schools in the consortium. And so before the news hit, we sent out a student survey and, um, from the responses there was a lot of interest in seeing the museum as a place to not only enhance their campus life but a way to escape and decompress from the stresses of everyday life whether that be academically or personally and art has this way of transporting and transforming the viewer from what they're going through what their personal experiences are but also you know, thinking about things in a different way that they've never thought about before. And so we're thinking like, how can we think about that in terms of engaging our communities um, overall, right? And so when in the student survey, there was also something very interesting because as a person who's in student engagement and public programming through art after hours at the museum, um, there's always a lot of feedback. And in the student survey, it was the same that there's a big desire for things to be tactile and, you know, to build something or to make something and to use your hands to create. And I think right now, more than ever, there's this greater enhanced need for physicality in this virtual world. And the question for me is how can we provide that through a virtual platform, right? Inspired by the art and the artists and um, the different types of things that's going on at the Benton Museum, as well as societally, as well as on campus, as well as regionally. It's interesting about accessibility because now you have to think about accessibility again in a new light because you know when you're thinking about accessibility in a physical space you're thinking about physical disabilities or physical you know issues to obtain the experience that you're wanting to um, articulate, but now we're having to think about disabilities in a more wider sense, right like auditory, visual, and also maybe even um you know, how they sometimes you'll see like a movie and then there will be a disclaimer that if you have um, epilepsy, that the lights may trigger that, you know. So there's all these things that we have to really think about because now it's very visually heavy.
0: Victoria sancho details the museum's goals for the future and this fall, especially given that Pomona College's fall semester will be done online. She is also excited about what this means for the future of the Benton Museum of Art at Pomona College, and is hopeful for where these plans may lead. The Benton
6: Museum of Art at Pomona College is in fact a college art museum, and I more and more think that that particular structure is one that's very advantageous in this particular moment, on the one hand because... We, you know, we aren't built around an idea that we need to design programs to bring the biggest number of people into the building. Rather, our core mandate is to think about how we design our exhibitions and develop our programs in such a way that we take advantage of the built-in academic community that that we serve, uh, first and foremost. And so, In this particular moment, you know, how can we serve our academic community now that we know that Pomona College will be hosting its classes exclusively online? We are doing a few different things. Um, One thing that we've done this summer that has been really meaningful to all of us and to me personally is to reinforce our commitment to working with students. We had a summer session with eight current, currently enrolled undergraduate students and one recent graduate. And uh, we also recently employed full-time, a recent graduate of Pomona College. And those professional collaborations are very meaningful to us in the way that we can learn from our student community and also provide pre-professional training and exposure through the work of the museum. So, you know, in some ways it could have been easier to just say, ah, we can't do an intern program this summer, and I'm really pleased and proud that we went in the other direction and actually thought how many students could we work with this summer, And, and we will continue to adopt that philosophy as we head into the fall as well. So that's one thing that's been meaningful and and otherwise we're also, you know, really excited to be developing this podcast. We are developing an app. We are in the process of designing a multi-year initiative to enhance the information that we provide through our collection database. And, you know, i I was saying to someone recently that in some ways the pandemic has kind of inverted priorities for a lot of museum workers. It's easy to think in an art museum that first and foremost, you're there to create this in-person experience and everything else is an add-on. It's been really interesting to see how your thinking changes in terms of allocating time and resources and designing content, which is ultimately what we are creating, whether it's in the form of an exhibition, a program, a website, all of that is content related to artists and art objects. And we've had to go about our planning processes now thinking about the platforms for communicating those experiences and that information first, rather than thinking about the the in-person experience and then adding onto it secondarily so in some ways i I think we're being pushed in different directions and in the long term we will certainly benefit as an institution and uh, i hope we'll also be able to serve a a much broader population as a result
0: thank you for listening to this episode of inside the benton i hope you enjoyed please look for and listen to part three of this three-part series on the museum and the pandemic we will be discussing the artworks that are coming to the minds of some of our staff and interns at this time. This episode was written by Hannah Avalos and Victoria Sancho-Lobis. This episode was produced by Hannah Avalos and Victoria Sancho-Lobis. This episode was edited by Hannah Avalos. A special thanks for their feature in this episode goes out to Noor Tamari, Pomona College, Class of 2022, Meiji Pomona College, Class of 2022, Callie Tendall-Griffins, Pomona College, Class of 2022, Sam Chan, Pomona College, Class of 2022, Justine Bay-Bias, Communications and Engagement Manager, and Victoria Sancho-Lobos, our Museum Director. A special thanks to Pomona College Professor Thomas Flaherty for the music. This song is called Dance and Transfiguration and was originally composed in 1997.